Hello and welcome to Mechrospective, the mecha podcast where we cover everything from Astro Boy to Mazinger Z. I'm Tooch. I'm Devin, this we're, time on a different microphone. We're, rec- we're literally recording on a headset neither of us are wearing because Devin's microphone pooped and I didn't bring my, mine because I said, Devin has one, it's my, fine. My dejected microphone that I haven't used in like two months. It's Look, it's it's turned away with its head up like, no, it, <laughs> I, I put it in the, I literally had it on the corner of, of, my, of my room, like on the floor, and it died when I did, and I didn't notice. It, it just sit over and keeled over and died, and I'm kind of like, hooked up its corpse to my computer like, Hey, work, motherfucker! It, it didn't. It didn't. But luckily, and, uh, th- this works surprisingly well. It does. Um, I'm going to have to replace my mic, but I'm very poor right now. Yeah, that's fine. It's fine. It'll be okay. Uh, so, after a... I guess we knew it was going to happen. An, uh, an impromptu holiday break we should have known was going to be. Uh, <laughs> we thought our backlog's bigger than it was. Yeah, well, and- also, I... F- I forgot we had an episode in the can that I just haven't touched in a month. <laughs> uh, also, there My was bad. Some, some personal shit happened, and we're not going to get into it, but there was a lot a lot of chaos. I mean, yeah, it's the, the holidays have been hectic for multiple reasons for the past few months. Exactly. And it's, it's yeah, uh, but... I've, now, I've now officially become an adult because I hate the holidays. <laughs> New year, new you, so we're, we're, talking, we're going back to Gundam. Yeah, I'm still, it's been 13 days since New Year's and I'm still hungover. <laughs> God, I, I spent, like, the entire week of New Year's basically just drinking vodka. Um, uh, I drank... Uh, and smoking. I, I, I didn't have any anything to smoke, mm. but I, uh, my pup... My, my New Year's party went well. About 20 people showed up. Great. Um, Josh was the bartender. He even wore a bow tie. Aww. He took off his shirt halfway through, so he was just wearing a bow tie. Of course. And he also, because Lemmy died, he started growing out his, like... He has, like, the thing, like, the... Mm-hmm. the, the so he looks ridiculous. <laughs> but he, um... Josh was mixing drinks, and we, we he gave me this like he gave me, like four of these like concoctions of Fireball whiskey and vanilla Coke. Ooh! And I was like, this is gross. That, yeah. yeah, that sounds great. And then he gave me um then then I drank like three White Russians. <laughs> Oof! And uh and then I woke up and emptied my bowels, and I was fine. Wow! No, I was not fine. That was the first actual hangover I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> that was a complete lie. I was not fine. And then um you know our 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 sister show Toon Goons, Nikki and Nina spent the holidays in Colombia. And, uh... It was probably warmer. It was warmer. Even though it was pretty warm here, it was like 70 but degrees on Nick, New Year's. Nicky had some bad shellfish and got food poisoning for the last for the last bit of his trip and felt like he was gonna die. He basically thought his, his organs just became liquid and he was evacuating them all weekend. And I, then, I feel so bad for Nicky, but that's such a Nicky thing to happen. Yeah, yeah. That, he... And then when they when they got back to the States, they had a layover... They they had a, like a delay in Florida that was so bad they would have to have to be stuck there for multiple days and American Airlines refused to reimburse them or rechart their recharter their flight. So they not just only missed did, it. so not only did they miss the, did like this did they miss their flight and it wasn't their fault they were stuck in fucking they were Florida. stuck in Miami the worst city on the planet and they had don't to, worry guys it's not gonna exist in like twenty years. <laughs> And so they had to rent a car and drive, like, Nikki, because, like, they used to live in Florida. So Nikki was like, I thought I would never have to make the drive from Florida to Virginia ever again. And he had, and they had to, and it was the worst. Nikki must have been inconsolable. I mean, yeah, I, I, I just, I just, like, didn't really, like, hit I'm him up ima- that much. I'm just imagining, like, angry Nikki, like, 21 bottles of beer on the wall, 21 <laughs> bottles of beer. He's, like, muttering that under his breath as he's driving, yeah, just, like, pines. seething. The, seething so hard, the windshield is fogging up. Yeah. <laughs> 99 bottles of beer on the wall! He's probably just screaming, <laughs> screaming the real, like, screaming the shitty lyrics to Guilty Gear songs. <laughs> screaming, like, the, the English lyrics to fucking Holy Orders. Yeah. <laughs> 
the tune the tune the tune goons is the premier guilty gear podcast because while we're not we while our show isn't about guilty gear we're the only podcast that ever makes mention of it so by default we're the <laughs> premier guilty gear i podcast. like guilty gear but uh, anyway uh we went super off topic that's but, uh, fine that, we caught you up on our lives over the last month that you've missed Ooh. Because um, the last episode that went up was we had Devil Man and then what? The last episode that went up was a super old one that we had in the can Shin-Gare. forever with Shingare that we recorded before November, but then November happened and yeah, and honestly, it it was both a little cringe-inducing and optimistic because it was an old episode, so we weren't as on as we are now. But honestly, that shows marked improvement. Yeah, we're a lot better at this podcast than we were a couple months ago. Yeah, Shingare is a good is a good is a good one too. That's a one you should read. Yeah, uh, but um, I'm sure you listened to that episode. Um, and so you didn't. <laughs> uh... <laughs> um, so we're back to the Universal Century once again. Yes. And uh... here's the music. Okay, so you, uh, that's a really good theme song, isn't it? <laughs> that was, I, I like that you're, you're now acknowledging that I make those cuts, because I always have to find them myself, like the moment where I have to stop and go, okay, now we're talking about the show, I can put the theme in there. <laughs> so this is good. We should, we should remember to do this. Just randomly, spontaneously, you'll hit the music. Because <laughs> I'll, I'll be able I'll be able to see the audio peak on the thing, too, so I won't even have to look for it. So, um... So we're watching uh, probably the I would as this sounds really critical, but I let me explain. I think this is the uh, the weakest out of the three OVAs mm-hmm. from the Universal Century. It's one well, of the three the three the trilogy of OVAs. There's still more OVAs, but I consider these like the three. I would like I I and you know we we both have watched this before, so I, watch know, all three I, of them before. I know your opinions on it. So while I I agree with all the reasons that you say that, I also think it's simultaneously one of the most accessible. It is. No, no. I'm when I say that this is the weakest, I mean like th- that's comparing compare like this is still a fantastic series. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. the weakest compared to the other two. And, and and in terms of like it's I actually vary depending on which one I like more, Eighth MS Team or Stardust Memory. Like it depends on which one I watch late. Watch. I feel like I yeah. I need to watch Stardust Memory again, but I feel like in terms of just, you know, Well, that's the next gun thing we're going to do after this. So. Right, right, right. And, I don't know, I guess because, you know, the whole ethos of this show, if that's the right word it's, to use, is, is to, of our podcast, yeah. is to, like, you know, get people into this stuff, uh, because it's a niche genre. Um, I, I feel also, like, I feel this, like... Is, this is one of the ones that you definitely want to, that you are able to recommend to people who just don't know anything about Gundam. So, yes. Um, I have a lot of, when it comes to people, my, my friends who like Gundam, that when they, whenever they say, oh yeah, I've watched Wing and that, uh, the, the Mobile Suit team, they've always, they, everyone's always seen this one. Right. And, uh... And so they think, a lot of people think, like, oh, I've seen 8th Mass Team, so I've seen the original show, I don't have to watch that <laughs> one. And I'm like, N- no. This is a completely a different, different show. show. And it, this is a good one. It's good. Don't get me wrong. I it's lo- good for what um, it is. This is, uh, so, this series is, re- I usually tell people in the grand scheme of things, like, in, in my Gundam watch order, I say watch this in between movie one and two. Mm-hmm. Even though this show chronologically takes place over the span of, like, the whole second half of the war. Kind of, well, like, to be fair, Mobile Suit Gundam only takes place over the course of three months. Right. From early September to the end I of the I mean, war. maybe you could watch the, the, the 12th episode. Like, if you wanted to get super technical with it, you could probably watch the 12th episode after the third movie. Probably. Because, and that might be better, because, like, it'll, fe- could... it'll, it'll feel like time has passed, which is what... Yeah. Yeah. Because the 12th episode also came out, oh, only, like, a, only a few months Yeah, that one. Okay. Me- meanwhile, the rest of the shit, all the episodes came out, like, every few months. <laughs> 
Yeah, this this series came out uh, spontaneously it, for three years. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, uh, this, it, it took so long to make like the original director died in the middle of yeah, it. Yeah, this this so this went so this means that while Ethan S team was was going on, there was Gundam Wing, Endless Waltz, and X. Wow. And then and then part of turn A, part of turn A. That's weird to think about because like you you. You just marathon them. It just feels like a show. But like yeah. these are OVAs that came out sporadically. Yeah, that's how OVAs are. Like Unicorn came out for like took like three years for Unicorn to come out. Yeah, I guess. But like weren't like it just feels weird because like weren't these these were like a like twenty five minutes each, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they weren't even like long. <laughs> well, episodes the first two... the, the first one came out as a as a as an hour long. And so thing. did the it's second like a forty five minute movie. Yeah. And so well anyway let's let's talk about what the show's about. We're not gonna this show is a little um a little simpler on plot than the other ones, but this one takes place. If you, I like people watching this one right at at, at the end after movie one mm -hmm. because at the end of the first episode you see Garen's speech, like you right. see the the Garma funeral speech, and they're watching it on their way down to Earth. So yeah, that's really it's a really nice touch. This one is not about ace pilots. This one's not about about pro heavy heavy high tech prototype weaponry. This one's not about. There's no new types. There's no new types. Like I know people who like the OVAs and hate the Tomino shows because they hate new type shit because <sighs> they think new types are like are dumb. They like they hate new types. So I'm like. They say they're the next step in human, human evolution. evolution. It's like, yeah. So this show is a little more accessible, and essentially, like, even due to the setting, it takes place in Southeast Asia for the most part. Mm -hmm. It's kind of Gundam Mash. Yeah, it's like Gundam. Yeah, it's like Gundam. It's like Gundam Nam. Yeah. And like, um, so the plot of it follows the main character, who's actually the oldest Gundam protagonist, is a. And yet he's the he's he's the most like child at heart. Really, everyone else is sad. He's like, yeah, we let's do this. And uh, his name is Shiro Amada, and he's voiced by a guy's name I forget. Uh, shoot, I forget it too. <laughs> but he, the guy who voices Vero and Guy, and uh, yeah, he Link, voices Vero Guy, Link, Sanagayama, and Kill a Kill, and Kalakal. <laughs> he's Shingo in Initial D. He's he's a really good voice actor. I like him. Not Shingo. He's fuck. Who was he in Initial D? He was a uh, guy in the black car with uh, his theme song is one that starts with Bach. I mean, uh, you would know better than me. Yeah, I forgot his name. You... Back on the rocks. Back on the rocks, yeah. baby. Uh, I demand just so we can talk, just so we have an excuse to talk about it for your sake. I demand an I demand an alternate universe like OVA of Initial D where they're racing robots and it's car. <laughs> it's like they're like Transformers. They transform. Multi-track drifting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like it. I like Initial D because Initial D is dumb. But Th that's uh... what the D stands for. <laughs> wow, really? That was so something nice. <laughs> okay, so the main character's name is Shiro Amada, and he's the oldest Gunner protagonist at age twenty-five. Wow, he does not look twenty-five. But uh, they he... all—I mean, him and him and him and Mikael look old, look younger than they are. Yeah, and that's saying something because Mikael's so, eighteen. So Shiro is tra is transitioning from the space from the space force, you know, where we follow we mostly follow characters from the space force, which is you know, Double Seventy-Nine. He's being tra he's being brought to a no a new Federation mobile suit unit. So. The Gundams in the show are essentially not really Gundams in this one. No. Where they're they're essentially they're made they look like Gundams and they have very very light Gundarium armor, but they're essentially just GMs with Gundam heads. Right. And uh, which is why they explode so easily. If you're like, oh, it's inconsistent. Those go yeah, that Zaku shot down a Gundam, and I'm like, no, they're not Gundams. They're they're barely Gundams. They're like they're, they're mass produced Gundams. They, essentially, yes. They are the, the RX seventy nine is the first GM. Essentially, mm -hmm. they they predate because if you see the GMs start slowly showing up because like yeah. GMs are being developed. Yeah, they they found a way to make them cheaper. Yeah, so we see the RX we see the RX seventy nine G, which is the uh, Gundam ground type. 
Yeah. That's the main unit throughout the series. So we uh, we're introduced to the Eighth MS team, who are fighting, you know, pretty much a stalemate in the middle of the, in the middle of the, you know of like Vietnam. Somewhere. Uh, somewhere. Unspecified a stand. Unspecified jungle. Yeah, unspecified Asian jungle. And uh so our our main our main cast is we have we have Shiro. Mm. He's the he's the new commander and the the commander of the eighth MS team has died like five times. Yeah. We have we have Karen who is uh she's kind of the, the badass mom of the group. She's the big wife, I love her. Uh we got we have uh, Sand Terry Sanders, mm-hmm. the, the the uh who's the, apparently... j- the jinx. He, yeah, everyone calls him the Grim Reaper because all of his squad mates always die. Yeah. Uh, we have we have Michael and the other guy. What was his name? Uh, it it was like an E name that sounded weird. So uh, Elador. Elador. I so remember because Ma- it was like it was it was almost a girl's name. <laughs> Elador is a fucking is a fucking bro. Michael El- Michael just wants to wants to like come home alive. Yeah, he Elid- wants to he wants to go he wants to go go home and kiss his girlfriend who's way out of his league, BB. Yeah. And then Elador is just like kind of there to shit on Michael's day constantly. I, I love him. It's 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 more like it's more like Mikkel. There's no. It's Mikkel. It's yeah. Mikkel. It's Mikkel. Um, it's all katakana to me. I watched it in Japanese. Right. Mikkel. <laughs> I I my favorite. He's a baby. I love him. He's he's cute. He he's the show's almost kind of from his perspective. Oh yeah, really? Because like whenever he's writing letters, he's writing letters talking about what's going on. So a lot of times it's from his perspective. Like my dearest BB, the <laughs> war. And... So the uh, the show aired from 1996 to 1999. And by aired, I mean came out on v- on laser discs and VHSs. Oh, that that be. I want to I want to see somebody who collected all, every OVA on laser disc. I want to see that shelf. And um, so the the plot of the show. Pretty much, for the first half, it's really episodic. Yeah. The first, so the main plot is that the first episode, Shiro um, comes across a battle between a prototype GM piloted by Sanders, mm-hmm. uh, fighting off a cool black Zaku. Yeah. A high mobility type Zaku. And so um, the high mobility type Zaku is being piloted by a hot Zeon lady named Aina Sahalian. Yeah. And uh, her and Shiro immediately fall in love. They're just like, oh man, it's you. Oh, you you like you you fly robots too? I I do that. I do. Oh, you're pretty. And so they, they're that. Honestly, my biggest criticism is that the romance is very, very flat. Oh boy, is it ever! These two, these two are just straight out of a shojo, out of a bad shojo. And it's like so, they meet in the first episode, and, and we keep me seeing that Ina has like a terminally ill brother who's a scientist. Mm-hmm. His name is Guineas, and he has ridiculous I, hair. I constantly forgot he was terminally ill because I so just, the show. I just wanted him to die anyway. <laughs> Didn't matter. He, he was anime sick, where he was coughing up blood to his hand constantly. Yeah. He had. I think he, he had the same. He has the same space radiation sickness as Coach from Gunbuster. <laughs> <laughs> he oh, had the man. same. He had Coach disease. But like wa- seeing him, ga- like gave me my epiphany of uh, of you know the, the the golden rule for the Universal Century. Uh, don't don't trust blonde Xeon people. <laughs> Other other members of Zeon should not trust blonde Zeon people. Yeah, it doesn't even it, it never. The only person you should trust is Bernie. Yeah, Bernie's the only exception. Yeah. And so, uh, essentially, the main the main action starts happening when uh when the Eighth MS team gets news that this prototype mobile armor called the Apsalis. Imagine like a giant floating big Zam with a Zaku head. It's a, l- a little tiny baby Zaku head. Oh, but speaking of little heads, uh, we, for- we forgot to mention the-, the greatest part about the first episode is Shiro yeah. fends off this new awesome With a ball. Goo- with a ball. Oh, by the way, Alex, uh, Alex, Alex bought the Master Grade ball. Oh my fucking why? Because <laughs> I told him, I was like, I was like, okay, he, he was like, okay, I'll-, I'll let you spend the money to buy this if you, 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 you custom paint it. 
because Alex loves painting. Yeah, because he, he does the Warhammers. Yeah, he's gonna and he uh, he's honestly really good. He's yeah. Every time uh, so, he, every time he posts a picture, I was like, wow, you're better. That's better than the last one. He's gonna he's gonna custom paint his ball, his master grade ball. Good. It's there's, gonna be great. There was there. Oh my god, I love balls. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the reasons I love them. And so like um. So everyone's like, yeah, Shiro's fucking dead. Like, well, I can't believe Shiro Amada's fucking dead, but he doesn't die. And he, so Shiro has this, like, innate ability to, this, not innate, but innate ability to not die. In in the Gundam universe, that's a price. He's a god. Yeah. He's in a, any other anime, that's it's fine. It's his voice. He's voiced by a guy from a prolific super robot voice actor, mm-hmm. where it's just like, he pulls out the Goldion hammer, connects to the Easy 8 Jesus. So, but, um... One of the be- better episodes, so essentially the his Gundam gets fucked, and him and Ina end up actually stranded together in, uh, stranded together in, like, the, in this cold wilderness where they kind of spend, like, a romantic weekend together. Yeah, they like, a romantic hot spring trip, because he uses his, his beam saber, his to, beam saber to, water. to superheat the ice into a hot spring. And, uh, so then Shiro's court-martialed after he's rescued, where they're like, can you still fire upon the enemy, and that all. And, and for some, and, and Shiro, with his big stupid heart, didn't just lie and say yeah like he could have just been like well we both just wanted to survive like yeah we let each other go but like I, like and, and maybe we didn't we t- do anything I, I mean dude i touched your titty i mean like you wanted to <laughs> i mean come on but like they, like because they because they literally didn't they literally didn't share any secrets yeah like they they went out of their way to not like the, to, yeah yeah but then shiro had to be all bleeding heart and look like a traitor shiro you're dumb so i then, love you shiro i love you you're dumb <laughs> But, uh, so what they did was, uh, so eventually Shiro gets his, get, they cobble together a new mobile suit for him, the Easy 8 <laughs> Which, it look, I love the Easy 8 Yeah. The Easy 8 looks so cool because it doesn't look like a Gundam. Because it is, but, like, it's just cobbled together out of fucking extra parts. Yeah. And it's so cool. It doesn't have the V-Fit. It has, like, an ante- like a Master Chief antenna. Yeah. Kind of like, not, like, not Master Chief, like a Boba Fett antenna. Yeah. And, um, so, one of the best episodes happens, like, I think it's the seventh episode. Is where we is where we because there's a running character named Norris Packard who's kind of um badass Zeon guy almost a Rambaral type of individual and also becomes more of a Rambaral individual later mm-hmm. on. Well, no, it was the it was the tenth episode, though. It, yeah, because because you watched the last three. Yes, it's the tenth episode, and so um because I've seen the show a multitude of times, this I always I never ever finish it when I rewatch it, so I mm. decided I'm just gonna watch the ending. Yeah. So essentially, the Absolus is is like done. And Shiro has to lead an assault team to go defeat defeat it. So yeah, yeah. Essentially, it's like it's like a level out of a video game. Like, make sure you defend the tanks. Yeah. <laughs> like defend the tanks. And like the, the even Zeon didn't want the Absalus finished because he was he was killing his all his his entire team to finish it because he didn't die because he was he didn't care because he was gonna die soon too. Yeah. And like he killed dude that that really cool Zeon guy with the pair and the, yeah Yuri the, the, the sleeveless. The guy, he survived Odessa. <sighs> if you see him, there's a scene where he's like, "We're pulling out of Odessa. We gotta get out of here." Oh, like, he's so cool. It's. Yeah, he killed him. He killed all these other guys. Fuck him. So there's so there's Norris Packard, and he's like the he's like the bodyguard for Ina and yeah. Gideas, essentially. He's the Chewbacca to their Han Solo. <laughs> and so he's and so he he full on knows how fucked he is. Mm-hmm. And he's going one on one against like the Easy Eight, four like five gun tanks and like four other and like four other, you know, ground types. In in And pretty much wins. Yeah, he wins because he's got what is probably one of the greatest mobile suits in all of the Universal Century, the, the Goof, Goof Custom. Custom. It's voice act. He goes like he goes like Goof, like activate and it turns on and starts walking and he's like walking side by side with his Goof. And I'm like that's me. So he has like his weaponry is like he has a heat sword, kind of like the original Goof, but it's even cooler cuz it's yeah. scary and better animated. <laughs> oh god, it's like, He has a the... shield that has two Gatling guns on it. Yeah, is it the Gatling gun and it's like oh d- 
my my goof custom like I I have all I have you have, have the goof troop. I have every goof. I have every blue goof because yes. I've got the I've got the prototype. I've got Rambaral's goof. I've got the goof custom, and I've got Mister Rawls goof from Build Fighters. And they're all they've all got their weapons. Sadly, uh, the proto goof doesn't come with a sword, I, uh, so I had to give it to Tomahawk. Okay. But I got I got they got it like this, and they've got their guns. They got their guns out, uh, and the goof customs sticks out like a two extra inches because it's such a long ass Gatling gun, and he always falls over every time I go to my bookshelf. I bump into him. Uh, so. The best ep- the best fight scene probably in pretty much almost in the Universal Century, or at least during the One Year War, is probably the Easy Eight versus the Goof Custom. It's so good because it's like you see how terrified Shiro is when when he freaking takes that sword and drives it into that that mold, and, like, and the like, oil it, is... the oil is like blood. Oh! Oh. it's the that's the like if you're gonna watch any of this show and you just want to see a cool fight scene, just if you're not gonna watch this, just look up that fight scene. That's it's. And then, like, like Shiro's just sliding down buildings, firing, like, every gun he has. Yeah, Shiro's freaking the fuck. Like, when Shiro actually meets his match, he kind of doesn't know how to deal with it. Yeah. He's so used to being the ace, but he's not. And he's so used to being the fucking luckiest man alive. Yeah. And so, like, Norris kind of burnies himself in, like, a really noble kind of way, because mm. he leads in, like, but he dies for nothing. Like, Guinea has killed everybody. Jesus. And so, uh, Norris, like... Oh, like, like the the one of the scariest scenes to me is when I think about it is you're in a, you're you is how how be how terrifying a mobile suit like an early era mobile suit must be mm-hmm. like a one year war era mobile suit where you don't have the 3D panoramic camera you're just there and when it shuts off you're just in the dark and I'm just thinking like Shiro's just sitting there freaking out yeah and he like just... he hears noises and he's just like what why haven't you killed me yet like I don't understand what's going on holy shit like he could die at any moment and he's he doesn't. He's freaking the fuck out. Yeah, it's like the best part of it. Trying desperately to like, <laughs> like turn his like turn his mobile suit back on. And uh, that's the best fight scene. And like, I, I love even as the goof is falling over, he still they man just still fail their mission. Like, I'm that's that's such an, a thing out of like Armored Core where you're like, okay, I, I defeated not I defeated nine ball. Like, I did it. It's like he still blew up the last thing. I have to do the mission. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he still blew up the last gun tank. Like, it's, it's like uh, General Riken in a Star Wars Rogue Squadron would always be like, General Scott, like, Commander Skywalker, I need to talk about your methods. <laughs> Mission failed. And so, the show really doesn't affect the grand scheme of the Universal Century much. Like, Stardust Memory bridges the gap between the Zeta era and the One Year War in a very cool way. Yeah, Stardust Memory is really the only... Like... The only notable event in the OVAs in terms of the overall thing of like, the war. Because, like, I think Eighth MS team. What it do, the only thing I think it fit, it focuses too hard on the on the paper thin love story that doesn't quite. I think it's not so much that it focuses on it, but like that's it's it's very not Gundam. It's non. It's not. Well, at least very non UC. It's it would be not. It would be very Gundam if they if they died. Well, actually, here's something interesting. The last episode never aired in the U.S. So oh. the because so. The way that so after the the final come the, the literally the 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 episodes are called um the Shuddering Mountain Part One and Two which is a yeah. great episode name so episodes ten and eleven episode like, eleven ends with the uh with the Absalus exploding essentially Ina and Shiro in the cockpit and no one finds them so at the end of it their fate is left ambiguous yeah the last episode however like as as much as I as much as I dislike how you know they both live happily ever after and have a happy jungle family the end as much as I feel like that part's a little hokey especially for Gundam uh because usually I'm all about Schmaltz I love that shit but Gundam it just feels weird like I don't it dis- I don't hate yeah. it but it feels weird Exactly and as much as I dislike that 
every other part of the last resort I do dig. I dig that like they they found these abandoned Xeon children and like helped them out and all gave these them names. Like they could yeah. have been pro they could have been prototype yeah, like, cyber new types. Yeah, like they gave them names and they helped them out and, and like I liked I liked that it was about Mikhail and, Ki and Kiko and Kiki because Ki I like because I love the those are two of my favorite characters. So yeah. seeing them together in the jungle having fun. Let's find Shiro adventure. That was cool. I liked that. They, and like I, I, also, <laughs> I like that Mikkel BB dumped him and like okay not only because like that episode was really sad like because Mikkel loved the shit out of BB but BB was like I, BB also loved him too much because he was like I can't I, I can't like just do this letter back and forth thing because like your letter might never show up again and yeah. I won't even know if you're alive or dead and so I can understand that but then she has the audacity to like still maintain contact and be like oh hey what's up here's my husband and my kid <laughs> and he's just like drinking go i'm going to go back to where i fought a war <laughs> god yeah that's like if that's like if rambo went back to vietnam <laughs> basically oh man oh wait he did <laughs> i like so like the, the, so like uh, i'm not going to i'm not going to totally write off the last resort like i'm not going to say that like oh you should just stop at episode 11 like i think cuz i feel like it's I like seeing I like seeing pregnant Ina and like and like Shiro. And he, like, even though he's missing a leg, that's kind of like he's he still lost a leg. I didn't notice that. Well, because he like he has like he's missed from like the knee down. He's missing one leg. I did not notice that. Wow, second viewing, I still didn't notice it. He's fucking Cass. But but it's like um it's I I kind of like that. Like I always kind of wonder like well, like what if Shiro kind of like became relevant again in the universe? But like. That would be kind of, because that's not what he wanted, though. No, he didn't want, yeah. yeah. So, like, he got, he's the only, like, statistically speaking, like, that's why I said, like, yesterday after I finished watching it, like, man, I guess statistically speaking, somebody has to come out of the one-year war happy. Someone has to. Yeah. Because everyone else is like, this sucks. Like, uh, like you know. And then because, Shiro's just like, I'm fine. Yeah, Shiro's just like, I don't know, I'm living in, like, wherever, in the mountains. I have a cab. I built a house somehow. I have a, I have a, I have a Xeon wife and a child of ambiguous gender because they're not born yet and i lost my leg but whatever god i mean who else kind of made it out of the linear war fine um bright honestly did pretty well i guess he, he executed his son well i mean not not until like not so well not for like another 18 years i guess still though i don't know the, bright made out of made it out of the one-year war with a wife and family uh, fair he made it out of the out of the second <laughs> a, shit, a shitty beard and a sh well no he got he didn't get a beard until uh until, <laughs> until the double o ninety eight. Oh man, but um, it's overall overall I feel that Eighth MS Team as an experience is a really fun show. Like even if you're not even into Gundam, you don't really need that much context. Absolutely to, to not. The show. You just need to know that there that there's that it's space colonists versus the Earth, and both have uh, both have good points and both have bad points. That and at the end of the day, that's the thesis of Gundam. Yeah. Is that there's is there's there's good and bad sides to every side of every war. Yeah, and that wars are fought by people, not by. Yeah, yeah. War, wars are wars are fought by people led like, by less than people. Yeah, essentially led by shitheads. Can I see one of my favorite scenes is actually when Shiro has his flashback to when that colony was gassed, and he's like the only one in a spacesuit. Everyone's kind of dying around him. Oh fuck yeah, that was that was intense. That actually ties into another scene from uh, that actually ties into a thing from uh, Stardust Memory, which is pretty interesting. Because Stardust Memory was made before this in nineteen in ninety three. Mm. So um, Essentially, there was a group of characters who were Xeon guys who essentially their their one of their their colony was the one that got turned into a into the Solar Ray Cannon in 0079. Like, right. Garen just was like, "Yeah, sorry, I'm relocating all of you. Have good luck finding a home. I need a I need a giant laser to kill my dad." <laughs> Garen's Garen's the worst. And so essentially, what they did was they they essentially had to deliver something to a colony to a Federation to a neutral colony, not knowing that they were gassing a colony. And so they un they pretty much. Unknowingly committed a war crime. Wasn't that also a thing in an episode of Zeta that they found a colony that was gassed? That was yes. The, the, essentially yes. That the only other people never do that with the Titans. Ah. 
But, um, so essentially Shiro was inside, that was the colony that Shiro was in when, uh, Sin when Sima's, uh, team, Sima was the woman with the green hair and, uh, right. her, her Zeon team, uh, were the ones that gassed that colony almost pretty much unknowingly that they committed a heinous war crime. Jesus. So, yeah, uh... But overall, um, eighth the best team is a, is a pretty much also probably the most shonen that like that uh, it anime, really is it, because it's it, like they they save the day through the power of both love and friendship. Pretty and it's much, like that's not what happens in Gundam ninety nine percent of the time, yeah. es especially not Universal Century. Es especially not the Universal Century. Like if this was if this was an if this was an an, an alternate universe, if this was its own thing, it'd be fine. Uh, well, I mean, it's still fine. But I just mean like it wouldn't. We wouldn't be critiquing it on that point. Exactly. It because it, it's it's its own thing. Uh, it would be its own thing at that point. But but uh, it's. But I feel like except for, except for that aspect, it's it's pretty it's pretty UC through and through. It I really like it. It's it's definitely a necessary. I, I love seeing the ground level soldiers. Yeah, that's that's the I, yeah. That's it's. I I like it. I like seeing like you know that we're the we're we're a squad. We're 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 the unit. <laughs> yeah. Like I would, I want. That's what I'm excited about in Thunderbolt. I really want to see it's all about GM pilots, GM pilots and Zaku pilots. So it's yeah. like just going at it, and I'm like, that's, I'm into that. Like so that's certainly what Sheeran and I know we're doing. <laughs> but it's like I'm having, I'm, I'm, I fondly remember Eighth MS team, and usually, oh, yeah. I usually say like because um, a lot of people can't really handle the old animation or the dated visuals of uh, I, the first movie. Yeah, but but Eighth MS team is beautiful. Eighth MS team is a very high budget late '90s, late late '90s deal. Mm -hmm. So like. Jumping into eighth the eighth the mess team right after 0079, I feel it's some, some, jarring. Not as because it's like I don't feel it jarring. Well, not for me. But I feel like it's more like it in terms of the themes that 0079 sets. Eighth the mess team kind of kind of persists. Yeah, and, it's, and, and it, I feel like eighth the mess team is probably eighth the mess team like the the animation quality of eighth the mess team. That's probably what like Tomino sees in his head. Yeah, well, that's yeah. With uh, with 0079, so that it's it's because it. You look at it, and it just—you can tell it's Gundam, but it's just so fucking crisp. And so, like, at, coming off of Eighth MS Team and going straight into um, going straight into the second movie usually can make you hype for the second movie. Oh yeah. The, the second movie is full of the second movie is just a gigantic battle. Yeah. The second movie is just a series of battles. And there's a goof. And yeah, and then you can be like, oh, the goof thing. Yeah, it's, it's back. There's, there's doesn't look as cool, but it's still amazing because it's a fucking goof. I, it, and it doesn't look as cool, but it's objectively cooler because it's piloted by Ron Barol. Yes, yes. Sorry, Norris, but Ron Barol. I'm sure, dude, I'm sure Norris... Norris, Norris knew who Ron Barol was, right? I mean, Ron Barol was a hero. He was yeah. Blue, he was I'm a fucking blue giant. I'm sure Norris would be like, oh yeah, I'm not as cool as Ron Barol. What are you talking about? My, my friend Chris, who... Uh, and then Ron Barol would be like, yes, you're not. <laughs> I have my friend Chris is a, is like he he's a cool guy but like sometimes he's kind of hard to hang out with he's always really sad mm -hmm. but he, he says like he he'll sometimes like say something really funny and it'll catch you even more off guard because <laughs> it's like that's how funny it is like, yeah and you're like and he, he said it and I remember we were playing Dynasty Warriors Gundam three and he was playing and he's only seen the original the original movie trilogy he's lent I lent him to him once and he liked him and he was saying like. I wonder if Ron Barol has a special ability to tear off his mustache and throw it like a shuriken. And I thought that was the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my life. Just imagining Ron Barol tearing off his mustache, like throwing it into like a, into like a Fetty pilot. Into like Fetty pilot. Like, Shink! Now the, 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 the Tournay should also be able to do that. <laughs> like the, the Tournay throws it and then it gets like butter, green butterfly wings. <laughs> Starts playing Century Color. Yeah. Da, 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 Century Color. <laughs> 
Um, the openings are real. The opening and ending are really good. For oh, they're really game. good. Arashi no Nakade Kagayaita is the name of the song. And like, I, I, Calm I, Before the Storm. I like, I love watching the ending animation of just Shiro like reading while they, he's being <laughs> Eleanor I think, comes... unknowingly filmed. Yeah. And like everybody's just kind of walking and like grinning at the camera. Cause, Eleanor like, opens like a Playboy. Like, yeah. Bob Booey, Bob Booey. Fuck you, Eleanor. <laughs> Eleanor. That, that's another great part is when Eleanor and Miguel get captured. And they escape by beating the shit out of each other. God. Like, in a... In any other anime, they would have done that on purpose as a plan. But then they just sort of, like, look up from beating the shit out of each other and be like, Oh, fuck, the door's open and the guard's knocked out. Did we do that? <laughs> Never mind, I don't hate you anymore. Let's go. And 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 then and then Elidor's hospitalized for a handful of episodes. Yeah. Um, and that that's when... Uh, in, somewhere in between that time of of Elidor being hospitalized is when the... Uh, the, the film takes place. The, 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 it's only, like, ten minutes. The movie? No, the um, the OVA, the 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 the, 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 the bonus the episode that came with yes, the Blu-rays, the, I watched the, that the too. Battle in Three Dimensions, which is cool to see everything in like Super 1080p. It was so weird, yeah. And, and then, then, then the, the goof flight type is cool. Yeah, and then, but then that, that that opening shot of the two mobiles, of the the Gundams walking, I'm like, they wrote it, they scoped that from, they traced that from the anime. Mm. I recognize that shot. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man, oh I love Gundam. But uh. That's when that takes place, because Eldor's in the hospital. And, and the, the, movie, like, the movie, actually, one of the added scenes in the movie is they show him getting coming back. Oh, cool. Because, yeah, he just shows up again, like, hey, I'm fine. I'm like, all right. But, um, the movie, there may be a movie uh, called Alice's Report, which is essentially, it's about a new character named Alice Miller. Mm -hmm. And she, oh, Miller's Report. Alice Miller is her name. She's a, uh, Miller. She's a Federation, like, MP, kind of. And so what her thing is, is that she's seeing they're trying to prosecute, uh, Shiro. She's trying to parse what the fuck happened. <laughs> yeah, essentially. <laughs> And so it it takes place in between episode in between episodes eight and nine, mm -hmm. I think, and mostly it's kind of a it's it's a clip show essentially of the show, but it's an interesting recap. Yeah. Where it's kind of it's like it's kind of like her trying to parse together like the events of Eighth Mess Team. Yeah. Uh, so overall, I think that's I think that's Eighth Mess Team in a nutshell. Yeah. Although I was just gonna mention that like the the greatest thing about Elidor is his character like arc. Uh, he wants to be a musician. But he got drafted. But he got military. drafted. But then, like while he was in the hospital, he requested his own song to get played on the radio. That's my favorite. What a what a douche. Elidor's such a. I wonder. I wanted like a small like book of short stories about what happened to everybody. Yeah. Shit, like, but, like I, give me a where are they now? Yeah. Like what's Shiro doing? He's the same. He has a beard now. <laughs> Shiro Amada. But Jesus. uh, yeah. Positives and negatives. Uh, you know, positives, stellar animation. Stellar 90s it's, animation. I watched this in a day. Yeah. I, it's, I, it's, I, it goes super quick. It's really... It's a very fast-paced show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, has one of the best fight scenes in the entire Universal Century. Mm-hmm. And, like... Uh, it just comes to robots beating the shit out of each other. Yeah. Um, it's... It gives you it gives you a perspective on the on the one on the one year war and just warfare in general in the Gundam universe that that you don't, you don't really ever you see again. You don't usually get you don't get it all ever. Really. It gives you a street level. It gives you like a like a trench level view. Yeah, like this this and uh, War in the Pocket really give you the, different. Yeah, yeah, War in the Pocket gives you the civilian view of the war. Yeah. Whereas this gives you the soldier's view of the war, as opposed to like you know the ace pilot the heroes, ace, the ace pilot tragic hero, all the the, the, the shitty fifteen year olds who single handedly end wars in the galaxy all damn day. Yeah. Oh man, uh, what a what a weird world to live in, where your entire like the reason you're alive right now is because some sixteen year old cried. Oh man! I, in times of peace, I think the Universal Century would be a really cool time, place to live. Oh, absolutely. In times of peace. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's true about anywhere, really. <laughs> so uh, that's so negatives. 
Um, well, so, before, before we get into a negative, I I I, I want to discuss the the, the in between, which is really the um, you know sub versus dub. Yes. Uh, this was dubbed, except for the the the, the short with the Blu-rays. They didn't buy it. I I I once again I'm I I went on I a will, tangent. Yeah. On the on my stream last night, mm. which is um. I've realized when it comes to serious shows that are more serious in nature, I'm made more critical of dubs because it breaks Which my immersion. Fair. It makes when it, like just it can break my immersion. Yeah. But when it comes to comedies, I'm way more lenient. And that's fair, yeah. Like when it because when it comes to more lighthearted shows, I'm way more lenient and um, or things that are more stylistic where I don't need to be immersed as much. Yeah. But uh, I when it comes to Gundam, the only one I actually enjoy dubbed is probably G. And Wang out of nostalgia. Yeah. Even though the Japanese of Wang is still pretty much the same. Like, everyone... It's pretty... They're pretty... It's a pretty spot-on dub, if you, but you just don't get the... It's a Gundam! It's a Gundam! And then, uh... G also has, you know... Just G is yeah. so... G is the only time the West has ever nailed a super robot anime, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's pretty... If, if they would have finished that Gal Guy card dub... <laughs> And then, um, I'll kickstart that shit. I'll give all my mo- I'll give all of my money. I'll I'll ruin Dan Green. Here's I'll, my all of my money. Yo, I'll ruin my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, I want the dub of this one is not bad. It's a pre- It's a '90s dub. This yeah. show also aired on Tsunami. I yeah, it did. That's probably why people saw it at all. Um, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, uh, I I admit to being pretty lenient with dubs as long as they're giving an adequate performance and it's, and they this the the script the, tr- the not too much is lost in translation. I'll usually go with a dub mainly so I don't have to pay one hundred percent of my full attention to it at any given at every single minute because I got I, other shit to do. I've gotten to the point where I'm a speed reader. That's fair. And uh, that's just years of me binging, but uh. I'm, I don't know, I'm all about immersion, yeah. and, like, I, my favorite thing about anime, actually, is, um, just, like, my friend of mine on Facebook posted the Japanese scene, a Japanese scene from Yu-Gi-Oh!, where, like, he's, like, it's, like, Monster Kado! And he's just, like, <laughs> killing the shit out of Weevil with all, with, like, but it's, like, and he's just, like, wow, the Japanese version is so over the top, and I'm, like, that's my favorite thing about anime, is that everything is so serious and over the top. Yeah. Like where a card game is that is that intense in terms of a voice performance like that that's my favorite thing about anime and like Western voice actors I guess we just have different kind we just have a different school of acting and so like yeah also I feel like it's I think it's just something inherent with our language and our accent yeah like it's there there's certain there's certain vocal performances that I hear in Japanese and I try and like hear in English and I'm like I can't figure out what they would sound like in English I that, can't do it that's that's why I almost refuse to watch most super robot stuff in Japanese like I can mean in, in English I can't like I, people as I said like people say like oh no I've ever seen Gurren Lagann dubbed and I'm like Gurren Lagann dub I feel like is another one it's 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 better than any of the MS teams, but it, it it falls into that category of if if you liked if if you're cool with dubs and you don't just don't have the time for subtitles, Gurren Lagann does a does a, does a passable job. But is it is it is it a flawless one to one? Yeah, no, mm, no. But 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 they're doing but they're doing the best. That's what I feel like. Dan Dan Green is good at that. Yes, because Dan Green's like like Weevil. I summon Exodia. Like, yeah, like Dan Green's good at that. Yeah, that's he was that's why he was the chief. Final Fusion approved. <laughs> Is perfect, Green. but uh, yes. Yeah, so after that tangent, uh... have him have him be English Ryoma. <laughs> Change dinner one. Oh, that would be good. Yeah, right. Oh, fuck. We uh, did it. We, we cracked we the code. Solved the mystery. <laughs> Who is English? The mystery. English Ryoma solved the mystery. <laughs> uh, so negatives. 
the romance is not well written. The, the romance isn't well written, and I feel like if 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 it was if it was more well written, I would give it a pass. If, if if it was a lot more subtle and a lot more better handled and not so you know love at first sighty and like if they if these characters had interacted before in their lives, maybe that or made, even maybe that maybe if... would have made a cliche in a different way then. Well, uh, yeah, just yeah, I, I don't have an answer for how exactly to make it better, but it, 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 it's it's just a fact. It's just an unavoidable fact that it was it was really flat and out of nowhere, and they just immediately fell in love and just like. Did, it there was there was something really good there because they they both cared a lot about their fellow comrades and what they were fighting for, but yet they still legitimately acknowledge that like you're your own person aside from what you side you're not, fighting yeah. on. You are not Xeon and I'm not and the not, Federation. I'm not the Federation, exactly. And I thought that aspect of it was handled well. Yes. And I think that's more of what they're trying to focus on than the romance itself. Because yeah. like Ina and Shiro just kind of are like, Wow, I totally love you right now. Yeah. And that's kind of the extent of their of of the depth of their relationship, uh, but other than that, it's it's this is a really it's 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 a really solid series. If if you want to get in if you want to get into Gundam and especially the Universal Century, you absolutely this is a must see. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd say like you might be a little underwhelmed by like you know there are no like like. If you're coming off of Seed, you're going to be super. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm, I'm being a dick. Yeah, well, no, like even if Seed was good, uh, even if Seed was good, like that still stands because you know that that's a very like spectacle action, big, crazy. Fight. And here's my thirteen Manilian cannons. Yeah. And here's my thirteen Gajillion cannons. So this is it's it's a much more you know it's it's a war drama. Yeah, it's a war piece. It, this is it's, it's it takes a more realistic approach to the. Uh, to the kind of to the setting than than yeah a lot it's of other it's aspects. it's 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 that whole brothers in arms deal you know it's very very much kind of like platoon you could show this you could show this to like your your like your dad who like loves d d World War Two documentaries and shit or watch dude I want to I want to um, I want to make a one year war documentary yeah like, I want right? to make one showing like stock footage from the shows but all like <laughs> and, all like, grainy all grainy and shaky cam and have like actors just be like yeah I remember yeah I remember the first time I got into an RGM like seventy nine just like, oh yeah, we called him Jims. <laughs> <laughs> just like I remember Alboaku, it's like you couldn't see anything. The the, the, fi the fire from Alboaku blinded me. <laughs> like fucking Zeeks were everywhere. I was there at Solomon. <laughs> you couldn't I lost my arm at Solomon. <laughs> you couldn't piss without it landing on a goddamn Cyclops. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't pi couldn't couldn't spit without landing on a goddamn dead Zeke. <laughs> but yeah, um ain't the best team overall. It's it it black like I guess another aspect I have is I love the space setting, and this focuses very heavily on the Earth setting, mm -hmm. where I always believe the, like, because most Gundam shows start in space, end up on Earth, and go back into space. I always believe that the shows always get really good when they go back into space, and the Earth arc is always the second act. This, 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 the, the plot went out of its way to make sure no one got back into space. <laughs> yeah, you stay on Earth in this show. Stay on Earth, get back on Earth. Uh, but yeah, any final thoughts? Everyone's great. I I want us. I want like more. Where are they now? Shit. I want some fucking e e EU flavor text about them, and I'll never get it. Uh, yes, that was going to make the mess team. Go get go get master grade ball. Oh, also, uh, you can email us at mechtrospective at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at mechtrospective or on Tumblr, mechtrospective.tumblr.com. Uh, he's too ch I'm Devin. We cry at romance. <laughs>